everybody stand with me and look at this sign and say, imagine. <laughs> imagine that. You know, you never know <laughs> when something is going to happen in your life that God had planned all along that maybe you didn't know about, but he always knew about. Amen. And so uh, we saw that show this week, uh, my husband and I, I can only imagine. And uh, just a, a powerful film. Uh, in fact, one of the young men that went to school with my daughter, Lori, Jason Stafford, was the first assistant director on that film. And so uh, I, when I saw his name pop up, I knew somebody from there was involved in it, but I thought it was an excellent movie. Um, and I thought Dennis Quaid did an amazing job. Um, there's a lot of people who are suffering in those circumstances that I pray that they get to that movie. Uh, and uh, they, uh, somebody told me that the first week it was playing, it actually uh, had a greater turnout for that movie than the one Oprah was in. Isn't that something? Hallelujah. So people are hungry. Everybody say people are hungry. Um, let's make our confession, then I want to share a word with you to this tonight. Let's say this together. If you're visiting, we just say this in unison. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you tonight that we have ears to hear and eyes to see what you see, that we have a heart that is open to receive. I bind fear in this place tonight, and I, I pray, Lord, that faith will rise up in the hearts of every person here, because you said the just shall live by faith. And so we want to be obedient to what your command is, and that that is that we walk by faith and not by sight. We imagine what you see and not what we can see with our natural eyes. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, amen. Well, you can be seated. We started a new series. Oh, I got anointing wadded up in my britches. Isn't that powerful? <laughs> Thank God for friends. You know, I heard this story once, and I've always, I've always, you know, usually I check because I heard this story at a women's conference where the pastor's wife came running in at the last minute to church down the aisle, pulling a roll of toilet paper that was tucked in the back of her pants, which was trailing her all the way into the church. Now, that would be about the time I'd run right out the front door, <laughs> right back up the aisle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, it's good to know we all live with the same, same things. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the devil can never embarrass me because I... I've already been embarrassed. Okay. Everybody say, let down the nets. You know, this word came to me. And then um, Sunday, I was so blessed when my husband uh, shared because I feel like it's just the word of God for our church that uh, we talked about faith for eight whole weeks and um, talked about what it means to live by faith, to walk by faith, to have breakthrough faith, to live everyday faith, to to really live the word of God and what God has commanded us to do, to live by faith and not by sight. And then I was uh, over by the river praying, and I, I had this word, and I shared it on Sunday if you weren't here, but uh, it's really what started this series. Uh, my husband had said to me late in March when I was about done, he said, would you pray about doing a different series in the month of April? And uh, 
when I used to preach a lot, I, I, I just always heard series. It would be like four or five messages that just all went together based on the word that God was giving me. And so, um, you know, I said, Lord, I just have to know what it is that I would be pre uh, preaching for four weeks. Four weeks is a lot of weeks, you know, and I want to know what God wants to say. And so uh, I heard that let down the nets. And I know that scripture so well. Many people have preached it. In fact, when Morgan went to look to put something in the bulletin, you know, for uh, we put a little square with something in there to catch people's attention. Uh, there were so many photos of let down the nets that, you know, you know, it's been preached all over the world a lot of times. But I felt that God was specifically speaking to us in this church, because I heard it's time for the catch. And, um, you know, when, when it's time, when it's God's time, many times Jesus uh, had opportunity uh, to, to take his liberty as the son of God. But you'll see it in the scriptures. He would say, it's not my time. It's not my time. But then when it came time, he began to declare, it is my time. And that was the perfect time of God for him to give his life for all of us. And I believe there's times, there's seasons in the kingdom of God. But we have to uh, understand what God is saying. We have to hear the word of God, understand it. And then we have to receive that word and act on that word. And last week we said we have to be here, not hearers only, but doers. One thing I've found about God, when he says do something, he means to do it. Now, you may not do it right when he says, but you will eventually have to do it because God will not change his mind. He just waits until we get in agreement with him to do what he's asking us to do. And uh, I've been in that position before where fear or, you know, just questions in my own mind or questions other people had about what I thought was what God was saying to do would uh, hold me back you know, or intimidate. Have any of you ever been intimidated a little bit by the things that God says? Because sometimes they're so big and they're so overwhelming to my natural mind that it's like, well, that, I don't know if that could be God. And then the other one is, why would God ever choose me to do that? Have any of you ever had that one pop up in your mind? The enemy is quick to let you know that whatever God tells you is impossible for you. But all things are possible with God. And so tonight, we're going to talk about the launch. Now, if you'll turn to Luke 5, we're going to read this um, 5, 1 through about 5. And, um, and tonight, we're going to talk about just that particular area of Scripture. And it says, as the people pressed upon him, that's Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats beside the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered one of the boats, which was Simon's. Everybody say, Simon's boat. He got in Simon's boat. There were two boats. He chose Simon's and asked him to thrust it out a little from the land. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So he already has Simon involved in this uh, that he's about to, to do. He, this is the beginning, I believe, of God using Simon Peter, his name Simon Peter, of using Peter for the calling that was on his life. And it was just the beginning. He got in his boat and he said, 
pushed me out a little ways, and he began to teach. So Simon was definitely chosen at that point in time, the first disciple, to do what God wanted done through his life and at Jesus' command. So he said, then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered him, Master, we have, we have worked all night and have caught, have caught nothing. And he says, but at your word, which is what we talked about last week, at the word of the Lord, I will let down the net. Now, we know Jesus must have preached something that uh, just encouraged or inspired uh, Simon Peter to do what God was telling him to do because he, he had no reason in his natural mind to believe that if they launched back out into the deep when they had fished all night and caught nothing, that now that something was going to happen. And uh, I just thought it was interesting. I, I get on Facebook at night sometimes and read what people are saying. And John Doherty, who's one of the um, pastors at Victor Christian Center in Tulsa, where we were, he was actually born when we were there. Hallelujah, that dates me a little bit. But powerful young man, uh, very creative, does a lot of the, the, the programs that they uh, present Easter, Christmas, uh, different things, writes music. Well, he had posted this exact uh, scripture from Luke, and it, it said he got into their boat and began teaching the crowd, Luke 5, 3. Caught my attention because it was last Wednesday night after I had preached this. And he said, when Jesus inhabits something that you own, he revolutionizes the purpose. I thought that was very good. When Jesus inhabits something you own, he revolutionizes the purpose. And that's what Jesus had in mind when he got in Peter's boat. When he, when he picked Peter's boat, when he stepped into Peter's boat, and we're going to talk about that later, there was a plan and a purpose for Peter's life. But there was a time where Peter would have to live beyond what he could see. And uh, I remember years ago, I don't know how many of you remember Joe and Gary Staggs. He was our guitar player in the very beginning of this church. He played. Oh, he's on most of our recordings. Uh, Gary was our guitar player. And he and his wife, Jaretta, got me this one Christmas. And I have kept it in my, in my kitchen uh, on a credenza in my kitchen because it just, to me, it says what God wants us to do. You know, it's, it's what God sees that we can only imagine. And so when I saw that movie and that young man, if you notice, there was a certain part in that movie where he had to come back to where his hurt was. Everybody say where his hurt was. You know, that ex I experienced that in my life. Uh, God took me away to Tulsa, healed my heart. But he said, now you have to go back and get the victory where you were defeated. And, you know, that's when you know you have the victory. <laughs> it's when you have to face the things that you never wanted to face. And you face them with Jesus. Everybody say, with Jesus. Because he's now in your boat. And he revolutionizes what he wants for your life through you as you obey him and do what he says. But nobody wants to go back to where it wasn't good. But there was a man who gave that young man wisdom in that movie and said, someday out of you, will, I'm paraphrasing, will come forth 
what is really in you. Everybody say, that's what God revolutionizes. What's really in you is going to come out of you, but there's some things that have to happen because you're not there yet. And the young man thought he was. How many of you have ever thought, I'm there, only to find out, no, you're not. There's some other things God wants to do in your life. And so that movie just really uh, solidified what I'm sharing with you tonight. All of us have to launch out beyond where we've ever been, what we can see, what we have knowledge to do, but we just have a call. And I noticed when he went back, he settled things with his father. But beyond that, he got out a journal. And in that journal from a little boy from a camp, he had written on different pages, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Who do you think that was? That was Jesus in his boat as a very young man. A very young man still in a situation where he was abused, still in a position at that point where he was going to be forsaken by his mother. He was in a horrible place. But in that journal, while he was in that camp, God began to drop in his heart what years later would be the revolution of what God wanted to come out his mouth. Amen? That's how good God is. Same with Peter right here. Peter was called by God to launch the first church. The first church in a book of Acts. Peter was the one that opened his mouth and launched the church. And the harvest was people. Everybody say people. And what he says to Peter at the end of this story right here is, I will make you fishers of men. Everybody say this. God cares about people. God's goal is people. You know, even that young man that wrote that song, do you know how many people that song has changed their life? I can only imagine. And brought people to Jesus. Out of the heart of God to a young man, I don't imagine he could have been 10 or 11 at, at camp. Yet God knew that he was making a difference in that young man's life right then. Only years later would he see it. He didn't see it till he was ready to be what God called him to be. It was amazing to me. And it's amazing if you watch what God did with Peter because it says, let's look at uh, verse 5, nevertheless, everybody say nevertheless. You know, I think so many times when God asks us to do anything, um, oftentimes we've already tried to do it. Or oftentimes we've uh, made an attempt but backed up for whatever, maybe fear, Maybe things people say, uh, for whatever reason, we, we've backed up, but it's still in there. How many of you have things that are still in there? <laughs> You're, they're still in there. But all of us, at some point, have to say, nevertheless. Um, if nobody likes me when I do this, then nevertheless. If nobody goes with me, nevertheless. You know, when my husband and I came and pioneered this church, that was probably one of our nevertheless moments because uh, I had already come back and faced my giants. Then I married Bill, and we went back to Tulsa together. And then in Tulsa, God said, 
now you're going to go back and start a church. Well, you know, that was like the furthest thing from my husband's mind. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't thinking of starting a church. But I believe God had that purpose for his life all along. The path that we took was not necessarily the path I believe God wanted, but the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God knows what he sees for you, and it's in there. And for whatever reason, sometimes there's that place where we have to say, nevertheless, you know, no matter what this in the natural seems to be or what it looks like could happen, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do what he says. And, and that's when he launched. And um, I was thinking... There's futility. Everybody say futility. I felt like God gave me that word, you know, futility. Um, like, it won't serve any purpose. I mean, I've already tried this. It's just futile. Uh, why would I do this again? And, you know, I, when we were in Florida, I noticed this last time when we were in Florida, I was up late and I would look out. And there were boats out there on the water. You'd see them out there fishing. You know, I saw that in Mexico, too. I don't know if fishing at night is when they catch all those fish we eat in the daytime. <laughs> but you don't see that many boats out there fishing in the day. They're fishing at night. And so I'm sure even his reasoning was, you know, that doesn't even really make sense. It's futile. And I don't know why God gave me that word. Maybe you're here tonight and feel that way, but I heard that word. And it's not a word I just throw out there all the time, but he said futility. You know, people give up out of fear, or just because it's not going to work. It's, it just can't happen. And uh, the things of God always look like they can't happen because they haven't been done yet, a lot of them. The things that God's getting ready to do in the earth, a lot of them haven't been done yet. I watched that Mark Zuckerberg on television. You know, Facebook wasn't even a, I mean, whoever would have thought that we would all have these kind of phones. Whoever thought that we could all keep in communication with people all over the world with, through Facebook and, and answer people and do all these things. Now, it's not turning out quite like he thought it would, but it is still communication. Everybody say communication. And God speaks through those things, just like when I saw that thing from John Doherty. It was like, that's true. That's what God did. He revolutionized Peter's life right there in that boat. Just a boat. Well, what does he want to do in your life? What, what is he going to use? You know, what is he going to say to you? You don't want fear or futility to keep you from launching out into what God has. And uh, I was thinking in the Old Covenant, you know, David, um, he was just a shepherd boy. But his sheep knew his voice. And God had a plan for him. But, you know, I don't know that he thought about that when he was a shepherd, but at one point, God launched him. His launch was incredible. It was Goliath. I mean, now that's a launch. And God began to show me, if you could put those scriptures up, uh, in 1 Samuel 17, 30, is it, oh, I got that wrong, I'm sure, 32 through 37. Uh, I didn't type that right in there, Vicki, sorry. But um, 1 Samuel, I was looking at the story of him, and this was a, a giant step. I mean, he'd been out with the sheep. All he was doing was coming to bring something to his brothers. I mean, he wasn't coming, you know, to fight a giant, but, but he had, he had won other battles, you know, with the Lord. And so it was like a nevertheless, 
hey, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that can come against the living God? I'll take him out. I'll take him out. And that's basically what he said. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, the giant. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Now, I mean, all he's done is take care of sheep. But he something on the inside of him. God was in his boat. Jesus was in his boat. And then it goes on and it says, just keep rolling it, could you, Vicky? 34. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Now we read that story like, but now think about this. This is a lion and a bear. He has had experience with launching out for God, so to speak, and seeing God come through for him in very difficult situations. I mean, I haven't ever encountered anything like that. But I'm sure those sheep to him were who he had charge over. And when that attack came, it was not, Oh, my, it was nevertheless, if something happens to me, but I am going after what is taking, uh, trying to get those sheep. This, it's the same with everything God calls us to. It's like, no matter what, nevertheless, I am doing this. I am, I'm going after this thing. I'm going to launch out after what God's told me to do. And he defeated those things. So when he met the the Goliath in verse 37 this is what he says moreover David said the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion from the paw of the bear he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine and Saul said to David go and the Lord be with you everybody say the Lord be with you what did that thing say that John Doherty I read to you earlier when God is in your boat everybody say when God is with you he revolutionizes what you are, what you can be. And if you read the rest of the story, it goes on to say that he went after that giant. He didn't want somebody else's armor. He went after what God had put in him. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword. Oop, there it went. <laughs> I was reading it up there. And with a spear, with a sword, with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Then he goes on and says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. This is quite a launch. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then verse 47, then all his assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Did I put the next one up there? So it was when the Philistine arose and David came and drew near to meet that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. I love this next part. Then David took his hand in his bag, took out a stone. He is about to launch something that will destroy the enemy and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth that's quite a launch I felt like God said when he launched the stone he knew who was doing it amen when Peter launched in that boat he was doing it 
because of something that Jesus said when he taught that caused him to say, nevertheless, no matter what it looks like, we're doing what you said because something on the inside of me has gotten a hold of me that has made me want to do what you're telling me to do. Amen? He was with him. God was with him. And he knew God was with him. You know, before you can launch, you better know that God is with you. You don't have to know how you're going to win. You don't have to know what weapons you're going to use. You don't have to know who's going to get involved. You don't need to know anything except that my victory is because of Jesus. The battle is the Lord's. And whatever he tells me to do, whatever he tells me to use, I will launch. Because there will be a harvest in that at some point. Now, next week we're going to talk about let down the nets. But, you know, Peter, we see Peter all through the Gospels. Uh, and, and he's talked about in the Gospels. But, you know, there's that scripture um, in Matthew 16 where it says, in Matthew 16, 13, uh, Jesus begins to question his disciples, saying, who do you say that I am? Everybody say, you've got to know who he is. You've got to know who he is. We talked about that last week. You've got to know who he is. You have to know his character. And uh, in, in this particular scripture, uh, do you have it up there? Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, and one of, or one of the prophets. But then he said, but who do you say that I am? When you're going to launch out for God, you have to know who he is. <laughs> Amen. You can't do that because you got excited about this message and you went home and got your boat and took off. That is not going to work. You know, this is just a side note. I was by the river the other day and, you know, that river was moving really fast. And uh, there were these two geese or ducks or whatever they are, those those ones that, that hiss at you if you get close. And they're not very nice. Canadian, you know, you know which ones? And so I looked out, and here they were, just cruising down the river on a Sunday afternoon. Remember that old song? And they were just, I thought, I wonder if they can't get out because the currents got them. But it wasn't like that. And I felt like the Lord said, that's the way your life's supposed to be lived. You just cruise down the river. And the current will take you where I want you to go. Wasn't that good? I thought that was so good. I watched them for a long time. I was turned clear around backward in my car, watching to be sure they still were in the middle of the river. And they, were, they weren't flapping their wings. They, you know, I doubt if they could even have their feet moving. Cause, but that river was just, it was like, yeah, we're just, you know, floating along here. Life's good. God wants us to live like that. Because he's the one that takes us where we need to go. But we have to be the one to get in the river. We have to be the one to launch and be what God wants us to be. And so Peter, you know, this was really directed at Peter. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You know, right there, that qualified him for where he was going. Because it said that God was in his boat and he would revolutionize him for whatever he was supposed to do. And listen, he had a big job coming up. He denied Jesus in the process, but it didn't stop. Everybody say, thank God, my mistakes don't stop God. Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. That meant that he, he had a revelation. Everybody say a revelation. Now, he goes on and he says, and I'll also say to you that you are Peter, 
and on this rock, not Peter, even though his name means rock, on the revelation that Peter had. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, you know, I used to hear people say, God did not say that he was going to build his church on Peter. No, he didn't say that, but he did say, I'm going to build a church based on the revelation that you have, Peter, because you have just been qualified for me to launch you to do what will bring about the first church in the book of Acts. Because it was Peter who stood up and began to speak what God had called forth. It was Peter. It started back there when he got in his boat. I believe that. I believe God showed me that. All those things in my life, in your life, when God got in your boat, when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God got in your boat. And everything about you could be revolutionized by his spirit that lives on the inside of you. Because he is with us. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. Now that is a lot of power. That is a lot of authority. That is a lot of dominion that's within us that will cause us to be able to do whatever God is calling us to do. So in this place, if you look, if you go, everybody say revelation. Let me give you this. To reveal is to make known through divine inspiration. To make something secret public or to open up a view. I can only imagine, you know, it's a seeing. And so when Peter was in that upper room in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, uh, and he began to be the one who says, Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. And he began to give the scriptures from Joel begin to say, this is that which the prophet Joel prophesied. Then what's happening? He is speaking. He, you know, he's in the boat. He's speaking and the harvest is about to come. He is letting down the nets. But it came back when he pushed that boat out from the shore for Jesus to get in to teach. That's when it started. God chose him. But then he had things he had to do to be able to be in this position at the end. And then it says in verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. This is the St. Peter who God found him. And through Jesus' word to him, sitting in that boat, he was inspired, everybody say inspired, to begin the journey that God had for his life. I don't know what all of your journeys are, but I can tell you, when he got in your boat, when I read that, it was like, yeah, that's what happened. Because, you know, when you're a young person and, and you're, uh, you know, when I was in high school and the church choir director said, well, you're going to sing in the choir. And my mother said, you're going to sing in the choir. My grandmother said, you're going to sing in the choir. When you're 16, you sing in the choir. You know, everybody says that's what you're going to do. And then when the organ player decided to leave, you're going to be the organ player. And so I didn't know a thing about an organ. I took two lessons and began to play this big old pipe organ for the guy who was the choir director, who was my music voice teacher, my clarinet teacher. Everybody said, this is what you're going to do. So I just did what everybody said I was supposed to do. But I believe that that was the beginning of God getting in my boat. 
Because when you go back and trace all the things that God has done in my life, those things all are a part of what God's called me to do where I am right now. So, and, and many, many more things along the way, just like Peter. Have there been times where I missed it? Yes, just like Peter. And not on purpose deny Jesus, but make decisions that were not in the will and plan of God for my life. But God is merciful. Everybody say he's merciful. And he doesn't change his mind. But at some point, at some point, you're going to have to launch again. You're going to have to launch. You're going to have to shove that thing back out there and say, nevertheless, even though I was divorced, even though I did this, even though I did that, even though people will say, why are you doing this? Even though you're a woman. That was a big one for me when my husband said, I want you to preach on Sundays and I'm going to do a lot of work in the Sudan and this is your job. I didn't want to make that launch. But God told me, that's me. I said, but God, you know, I don't know if they believe in women preachers here in Lafayette. And it was like silence. You know, when God doesn't agree, he doesn't often speak. It's just silent. Like that isn't even worth discussion. The only thing I ever heard was, there's neither male nor female in spirit. What you're going to preach is of the spirit. So just open your mouth. But those were launches in my life. What are the launches in your life? Where is it maybe where the enemy has backed you up from what, what was supposed to be the next launch in your life? Peter did not stop. Peter did not stop. The next thing was he's at that gate beautiful, and that guy's looking at him for something. And he realizes, hey, just like David, it isn't about me. It isn't what I have. He, didn't, he said, listen, what I have, I give to you. Rise up and walk. Now, he has come a long way, baby. That revelation of who Jesus was has increased to the place where he's able to operate the same as Jesus did when he walked the earth. Isn't that what the scripture says about us? In John chapter 14. Greater works will you do because I go to be with the Father. You know, I was as I was just looking at all this, I thought he, you know, it got so so uh, amazing that when Peter would walk by, they'd lay people down, so that when he walked by, his shadow would heal them. That's when Jesus is bigger than you, in you, <laughs> than you are for sure. Amen. I believe that's the way we're supposed to live. Now, I'm not there. I'm not saying you ought to be there today. But I'm saying this. God, when he speaks and says, do this, he's not playing around. You've got, you got to do it. You know that scripture that says, be instant in season? That's difficult because God's instant is often way beyond what we want to do. It's forgiven people that don't deserve to be forgiven. It's trusting that God knows when he tells you, stay in that job, no matter what's going on, there's a purpose for you being there, and you don't like anybody. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's when it, okay, you know, I'm here on a divine assignment. And when my husband was sharing on Sunday, I, 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 that love message for two Sundays, faith works by love. And Peter at some point, had to love Jesus more than himself. But do you remember in the book of John when Jesus said to him, Peter, 
Do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Three times. That, was, that to me was the bottom line before he let him go in the book of Acts. He had to know that Peter loved him enough that he would do what he told him to do because he was put in prison. He, he had things come against him for his belief, for his stand for Jesus, but he never changed who he was because Jesus was in his boat and he had revolutionized who he was. Um, I don't know what God has planned for you in this church. I don't know what he has planned for you in your house. It is so good to see you, Crystal. I have prayed for you. I believe God has a call for you. And that old enemy is defeated against your life. Amen? Because you are loved. Amen? I'm not saying that to embarrass you. I'm saying that to encourage you. The Holy Spirit will not let go of people he loves. And God loves everybody. So you're one of those people you ain't going to let go of. Whatever it is that God has assigned you to do, it's time for you to say, I will, I will go. I will release it. I will go. I will launch into whatever it is that God has for me. I don't know who the people are that are waiting for you, but there are people waiting for you. There are people waiting on us now for us to be there, to be those hands and feet of Jesus. And uh, I know that because I, I felt like God said, I already launched the church, but they're just not, they just haven't gone out. It's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. And then he said, go. Everybody say go. Now, that's not to the bathroom. That's go and reach people. Everybody say reach people. This is not go to the park. This is not go, you know, this is not about having fun for yourself. This is about an assignment from God to tell you to launch. Go and make disciples. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were saying, well, you know, God told me that I was supposed to put myself in a position where I had a mentor. I don't like anything they're saying. <laughs> and I don't agree with them. But, you know, that doesn't change them saying what they're saying. <laughs> they just tell me this is the truth. And at some point, you're going to have to do and live the truth. How many of you have ever thought, oh, you know, I know what the truth is. Well, when you have somebody you're accountable to, when people are making disciples, they're, they're investing in somebody else's life for them to become all that God wants them to be. But I have found when you do that, you grow yourself. Because I've done that with people that God put in my life in the very beginning. And in order to have answers for them, I had to go to the Word of God and search and stay up at night and pray and ask God to show me what I was going to tell them because I didn't have any knowledge of the things that they would ask me about. So I grew and they grew. But I had, to, I had to take that step to reach out. Multitudes are in the valley of decision. And I don't know how long we have, folks. Things are revving up <laughs> around the world. And I'm not one to sit around and try to figure out when it's going to happen. I just want to make sure that I've done everything that God told me to do while I was here. And I don't want to get to heaven and have, find out there were these many people that I missed that suffered because of my choices. Amen? God, God came after you, and he's ready to go after others. And what I heard was, these fish are going to jump in the boat. We're not going to have to try to hogtie them and get them in. 
the truth is going to cause them to come in. And I believe everything that's happening in our world, God knows about. Everybody say, God knows about. Say, I have no fear. This is our hour. This is our time. This is our time to launch. This is our time to launch because there's a harvest out there. And when we let down the nets, the when God shows us and how to do it, there will be a harvest of people who are going to come to Jesus. Let's stand. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you that you give all of us assignments. And I thank you, Lord, that we, we may not be able to imagine uh, how we may not be able to imagine um, that we could do it, but we need to imagine, all of us need to imagine what Jesus accomplished at Calvary for us. That, that what he told us, go and make disciples. The most important part of that whole scripture is, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. What he's saying there is, I am in your boat. And those greater works, they're going to happen when you step out where I tell you to step out. They're going to happen when you believe what you're hearing. You know that song that we sang tonight, Jesus, I love you. It says, old things have passed away, but your love remains the same. No matter what has happened in your life, it's behind you. What God wants to do with you is in front of you. It's forward. It's not behind you. It's ahead of you. And I don't know what's happened. I don't know the things that have happened in your lives. But I do know this. There's no mistake, no situation, no circumstance that is so big that God cannot turn it around and use it for his glory and put you back on the track that you're supposed to be on. If you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus, I, don't, I didn't see the visitors, but if you've never received Jesus, this is the day of salvation. The Bible says, don't leave here tonight without making sure that you know where you're going to spend eternity. And then second, if you're here and you've kind of walked away, but you know Jesus, you just have had circumstances and situations that have pulled you away from the things of God. We want to pray for you tonight. We want to make sure that when you leave here, you know that you are on a new path, a path where God is going to be your source and he's going to deliver you from whatever you've gotten into. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I just want to pray with you before you leave tonight. If that's you. Okay, let's all pray. If you're here tonight and you know there's been a place where you didn't launch, I want you to lift your hand. Whatever the circumstance, what, whatever pushed you back, I don't know, but let's, let's pray tonight. If that's you, you know God's told you to do something and you, you, just, you just backed up. Father, in Jesus' name, you see these hands. And Lord, tonight, I just release them. I release them from whatever's held them back, that they would just go right into where God has told them to be, right into the thing that they have shrunk back from so that you can prove yourself in that situation and lead them and guide them in that situation to be what you've asked them to be. I thank you, Father, that nothing that the enemy's telling them can stop what 
God has already said because the greater one that is in them is the one who will win the battle and that they will launch they will do what God has said I thank you that this church these people in this church have been called for such a time as this and that what you have ordained for them they will fulfill in Jesus name I want all of you to say this father use me for your glory I am willing to get in the boat to launch to let down the nets to see you do what you have called me to do I believe that you are my source man is not my source and I refuse to be held back by the lies of the enemy or unbelief of man I will fulfill my divine destiny in the name of Jesus I have victory I am an overcomer and I win because of Jesus in Jesus name and everybody said amen hallelujah